I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm trying to regulate my temperature in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Who's doing the exact same thing? I was going to say, how's your temperature modulation going? Um, I had the window open earlier. And then it got too cold, and then I had a sweater, but now I've taken the sweater off. But the sweater's nearby, just in case. Um, And the sweater has candies in the pocket, so that's how you know I'm an old person. Let's talk about April in Canada, briefly. I went out yesterday, I'll tell more about why I went out uh, after the preamble, but I went out, and the sun was out, not a cloud in the sky, it was gorgeous. I said, shit, I tore my winter coats off the coat rack, I threw them into the under the bed storage i grabbed the spring jacket the sunglasses and i stepped outside and said this was a terrible mistake Mm -hmm. because it's fucking freezing yeah um i had um family members who went on a bike ride yesterday and I was like, you people are crazy. A bike ride? <laughs> it's too cold trying for to bike riding. Wind shear into this? No, ma'am. Right? I, bet, I hope you all had gloves on because <laughs> your pants are going to be completely frostbitten by Y'all, the time I, you're done. I had a full ass wardrobe change between <laughs> when I went out the first time and went out the second time. It was like I was yeah. Beyonce. It was just like, Pam, <laughs> out with the lined flannel <laughs> after that. Friends, this is episode 315 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 314 episodes, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content, be it Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher, and henceforth, you will never have to worry about finding a new episode of this program because they're going to be brought to you, sprinkled from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, by someone who never has problems regulating his temperature, and that's your man's... Chauncey Frostelicus III, geek down internet elf, the coolest cat around. (laughs) Lord. Girl, all he wants to do is drop these episodes directly to your device. You don't have to do anything. Live your life and you will just, you'll be minding your business. Look at your phone and oh my God, another episode with my new BFFs. You're welcome. We do it for you. And Chauncey does it for us. It'll show up between you leaving your house, getting bundled up if you live in Ontario, even though it looks like it's a beautiful day outside, and getting your whatever coffee you get at your local coffee bar. Between wardrobe changes, you'll find you have a new episode of this program. Friends, if you'd like to share your best uh, your endorsements for uh, thin but warm <laughs> seasonal wardrobe for April in Ontario, you can let us know on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. We're still on that hellscape for the time being. And I, I do have to mention, hmm. I know it's a very, like, white people thing to talk about the weather, um, but it is supposed to be, like, 26 degrees next week. So, like, this is the time of year where you need both of those bins. You need, like, your winter bin and your summer bin like, just, like, ready to go. I, I will let... I let I will, a friend of mine uh, recently got up on this one and immediately... Uh, 
took a shine to it, so I will give this to the listening public. There are many things I have taken from Executive Producer Cute that have made my life better. And one is the phrase, nobody wants that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I said when I (laughs) walked into the shade yesterday when the sun was not directly uh, hitting my face and the temperature dropped 25 degrees. Yeah. Nobody wants this. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Uh, yes, let us know on Twitter. We are still currently there, despite... It was around the moment Elon decided to put the Dogecoin logo all over Twitter just for funsies. I was like, this is literally a nightmare. This is the, <laughs> this is the worst place on Earth right now. And we're all just trying to ignore it like it's not the worst place on Earth. Like, But, but it is. My God. Duh. Uh. <sighs> but, like they said on Twitter, them Russian sex bots be supporting you more than your own friends, so... <laughs> I get, I get more likes and engagement from Russian porn bots than I do people I know in my real life. <sighs> Russian porn bots have feelings too. They don't, but they will. I do not need that. They will <laughs> that have audio. sex chats with you. <laughs> I don't need that audio getting scrubbed, <laughs> tanking our algorithm even more. Uh, or, or <laughs> lifting it to new heights. <laughs> Friends, if you would like to support this endeavor financially so I can go get some uh, Uniqlo heat tech, try and strap around my torso to protect my, what do we call it, Kate? What is it? The golden what? The golden triangle? Oh, God. Is, yeah. Is that that fa- oh, my God. The that, golden triangle. Is that that, is that that fake thing you made up a few years ago? It, oh, oh, my. You were you were bringing beef. You were. This is, is it beef season already, Punchy. Jordan? Punchy. <laughs> it's, it's not as warm as I want it to be, so I'm getting punchy. Golden anyway, friends. If you want to help me protect my golden triangle, three bucks in the old tip jar. I'll tell you where to do it now because I didn't last week. ko-fi.com slash geekdompod. <laughs> what if somebody listened to that one episode last week and they're like, I'd love to give this show $3, but I have no idea where to do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that happened. I'm not going to like, I'm, I'm not going to like read the show description where the link is put literally every episode, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that absolutely happened. And that's, and that's why, that's why Kate, it's my failure. It's my failure. The show never <laughs> blew up. <laughs> Is that the why we don't have three extra dollars? <laughs> that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you just. I'll let you live with that. Let me sit, let me sit in that. <laughs> yeah. Sit in my shame. Marinate. <laughs> Friends, as said, uh, it's deceptively beautiful here in the city. I went out yesterday uh, with my friend Leah, the Brazilian, who I had not seen in uh, God. A few months now, maybe maybe since the new year. I don't even want to believe that it's been like, I haven't seen her since last year, but life comes at you fast, so it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, said many times, I only talk to Kate this much because we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though, I mean, we also, we do end up texting each other about other things. Yeah, so it's all podcast adjacent or stuff that will probably come up on the podcast, but <laughs> it's not always the, the, mot- the main motivating factor. Um, but yeah, I went out for breakfast yesterday. Lee and I went out to Mildred's Country Kitchen, local kitchen, Mildred something over in Liberty Village. Anything that has the name Mildred, you know, is going to be great. Listen, and then it's a very hype beastie place. It always shows up on like the list of, of, you know, best, best brunch, spots, best brunch spots, best breakfast spots. And it's big, like regional Tokyo, but it's big Liberty Village energy down there. At that spot. And if you want to know what that's like, it's a lot of people on bikes with baskets. It's just like big, white, blonde influencer energy, you know? Like, 
you know we're no we're you, you know we're like two weeks away from just big hats everywhere. Just I mean, I love a big hat, but sometimes it's a little excessive. It's big hats coming. Big hats, big glasses, um, big big straw bags. Taupe. So much taupe. Oh my god, a lot of taupe. The the influencers love taupe right now, and I don't I don't know why that is. But anyway. Uh, that, that was the energy. So I was always low key. Like it can't be that good. It shows up on everything. It can't be that y'all. It is that good. (laughs) It was that good. The blueberry pancakes were fantastic. Leah got this like poached egg and something, something on like a, like a toasted croissant. It was majestic. And Leah, all respect, swapped out the, uh, the side salad for home fries. (laughs) Yes, my girl. Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, and because, you know, she, she wanted to get a bite of the pancakes. And she's like, have some home fries. Maybe the best home fries I've ever had in my life. Oh, really? Really, really good. No, I'm potatoes. a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of potatoes over salad. Full yes. stop. But I don't usually love home fries. So really? Yeah. I find a lot of them are really dry. Not the case um, here. Yep. All right. I'm, I might be going to so, Mildred's. So, listen, we go we go to Mildred's. Also, fun fact to note, Mildred's is very close to my gym. So, uh, picture me trying to walk in, pulling my jacket, like, over my face in case <laughs> the desk staff sees me about to go mash out those pancakes. Um, <laughs> make you make you work extra hard next time. <laughs> and, then, and then I went for a glorious walk. Well, after I came home and changed, um, I went through a glorious walk through the city looking for a copy of Dale's Soul's second album. Which got repressed and found it nowhere. Still did not prevent me oh, from. Oh. Still did not prevent me from buying records, but <laughs> of course not. I didn't find the record I left to buy. Is the point anyway? Oh, oh, oh! I was at an Easter gathering yesterday with uh, my extended family, mm-hmm. and I got to tell them about crate digging. <laughs> How did that come up? So. Uh, senior correspondent's brother and his sister, well, his brother, um, has always been into, we'll just say sound. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, he does it for work and stuff and he's been into vinyl for a while and his sister has just gotten into vinyl and she's like, yeah, I really want to go out to some of the stores. And his brother was talking about, uh, record day. Um, and next, next weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Kathy, just so you know, for the lingo, it's it's actually called crate digging. She was like, oh! and I, like, there were some other things I was talking about. And I was like, you know, part of it is if you're buying old vinyl, it's like, there's like, you can clean it, you get things to clean it. And um, his brother was, was going on about like, if you clean the top of your record player, do not use paper towel. <gasps> he was like, you use a microfiber cloth, <laughs> like was giving her the lowdown. Like the... Actually like the funny. dust cover or the actual like top? This is new to me. Uh, it's the actual like top. Like if if for some reason dust gets on there, yeah, yeah. Um, and the top as well. Just the whole thing. It's microfiber. Do not use paper towel because it will scratch it. Oh, I've definitely been using paper towel for years. Yeah. So I have a scratched ass dust cover now, apparently. But it's okay. at eye level, so I can't see it anywhere. Well, there you go. Um, as and I have a little, I have a little sign I can let you borrow, which says, uh, uh, "You may touch the dust, but please do not write in it." Um, which I, <laughs> I have because 
dusting only happens maybe once a season. Listen, I have got I the, the listen friends. We will prompt. This happens every time. We started this episode before we recorded, being like, "Caitlin's got to get out of here. We got to hurry this up." And now we're talking about <laughs> dusting. Um, <laughs> hey, this is why people come here. Okay, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you. We're at that point now where, like, the blinds are flung open and the sun is hitting. And, you know, the primary thought I have this year, Caitlin, I have got to get a fucking air purifier. I'm just looking at shit just, just one. floating in the air around here. I'm like, how am I alive right now? How am I not? I just, I just, whenever I think of that and people, people who know will know, um, I think about 1995's um, Secret Garden with Colin <laughs> just going, the spores, Mary, the spores. <laughs> That's so, right. Scrub back, y'all. We talked about that. I don't remember what <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was. Caitlin definitely made me watch that. Um, y'all, there's a lot of news to get to this week. Caitlin's got a hard ish out, so we're gonna try to move this along. And I'm gonna be I say this every time. I swear to god I'm gonna be super brief because I don't want this to be the all wrestling uh episode, given what we're talking about in the back half. Um yeah. did have to mention a like major bit of the majorest bit of news. It has nothing to do with WrestleMania, even though Roman Reigns won, shocking many people. Um, yeah. Although I did listen to one podcast where the one of the pro Roman Reigns uh, hosts was people were like, "You re- you really were over Roman Reigns? You thought Roman Reigns was going to win?" He's like, "You know, I've been very vocal about my fuck them kids position." <laughs> <laughs> He's very big on disappointing children. He thinks it's better for business. <laughs> I I kind of agree. There's, there's some of the joy to it. Did I show you that clip of MJF throwing a drink on a child? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, MJ, M- AEW champion M- Maxwell Jacob Friedman really commits to his gimmick. It's almost admirable. His mother, the child's mother, did not find it exceptionally admirable, but... <laughs> As would anyone. But that kid was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. The kid was just kind of like stunned, and as was the mother, but uh, as the match continued and MGF left the audience, it was uh, apparently less stunned. <laughs> so WrestleMania happens, and then there was kind of a lackluster... The Raw after WrestleMania is like, just again, the party don't stop. It's like all the people who came to town for WrestleMania bought tickets for Raw the next night, and that's always... It's the hardest of the hardcore fans, and it's... The resetting of new storylines, which there was. You thought Cody was going to have this rematch with Roman Reigns, but he's like, he gets in a tag match. Brock Lesnar volunteered, Bork Laser volunteers to be his partner, but instead Bork of like, Laser. but instead of like, before the match even starts, Brock beats the shit out of Cody. So, okay, there's your next, there's the direction that's going in now. Like, you're kind of resetting things, but there was a lot of weird stuff on this Raw as well. And we come to find out two things. Number one, the WWE has sold. Yeah. It has been bought by the Endeavor Group, which is, um, I don't know what their group <laughs> thing that owns other things, um, which already owned the UFC and now owns the WWE, and they're going to keep them separate. But, and again, this is all rumored innuendo. We know there had been a rumors of a sale for a while, and that this is how Vince bullied his way back onto the board. Further context, Vince McMahon, longtime forever chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment, leaves in somewhat disgrace last year after all these allegations about sexual assault and hush money and all that other kind of stuff. Um, and possible embezzlement. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly! He kind of leaves and goes on his way. And then I did not realize this had happened. I knew he came back as sort of like a, you know, 
office role last fall, I didn't realize he got his way back in by saying as the largest shareholder, as the guy who owns the most shares, he would not agree to any sale of the company if he wasn't reinstated. Uh, this man? Men. Um, the worst. Did not realize that that was a thing that happened. Um, also explains why his daughter left the company yeah. shortly yeah. thereafter. Um, again, we talked about Kate's version of succession last week. This is my version of succession. <laughs> So Vince gets back in. He has grown a Gomez Adams level mustache. John Waters impersonator. Like it's, it's, I don't even want to say fantastic sarcastically because it's not fantastic at all. Um, No, no, it's not. But Vince is all over CNBC and, you know, with Ari Emanuel, the chairman of the Endeavor Group talking about this. And somebody asks him, are you going, because Vince was always notoriously, everything stopped with Vince. All creative decisions stopped with Vince. Who won the matches? In Kate, it's, again, this will come up late in the back half of the show. But who made those decisions? Who went over? Right. What the storylines were? There was a team of writers and agents or whatever who would have ideas. But at the end of the day, it was just rubber stamp, yes, no, by Vince. And Vince was not very good at this at the end of his tenure. And I'm not trying to be unfair. The man is 78 years old. Things change. People Things change. They don't I want don't, the same. I don't think it's. I don't think it's being unfair to say maybe the man lost his fastball at that point. I'm here 78. Um, he thought but, that mustache was a good idea. This is just... <laughs> exactly. So the Raw after WrestleMania, there were a lot of weird things that happened. The most notable of which, two things we heard. We heard one that this seven foot plus uh, giant, he was kind of amazing, named uh, his name's the Giant Omos, told he had a match. All that week, he was told he would not be wrestling at, at Raw. He was in catering, minding his own business. And then somebody was like, Omas, okay. you're, rest- you're working Elias. Get out there. And he's like, I don't. Can someone find uh, me gear? Like, I don't even I don't even have gear right now. Like, my gear's at the right. hotel room. Like, um, And then, most notably, Seth Rollins, wrestler Seth Rollins, comes out for a segment, does his whole opening, and then it, like, cuts to commercial. And when it came back for commercial, Seth Rollins was gone. Oh, did he get kidnapped? This is what we need to know. No, because there was phone footage that hit the internet afterwards of a cameraman or somebody talking to him and him being visibly annoyed, throwing the mic down and leaving. Because oh. his segment got cut. Because, despite oh. saying on CNBC he was not going to be quote-unquote in the weeds with creative, that Raw after WrestleMania, Vince was there making no. a bunch of decisions about stuff. <gasps> and fandom lost their fucking minds. <laughs> At the notion that this man, because the speculation was that one of the reasons it sold to the Endeavor group was because that was the group that would not demand Vince leave. Oh. Because some people thought, you know, maybe oh, some of, no. one of their broadcast partners, like, you know, Viacom or you know, the, whoever owns the USA and Fox and all that, which I think is Viacom, um, that they might buy it or NBC Universal might buy it because uh, they're on Peacock too, remember? Um, well, it was a good year, everyone. It, what, that, now let's all get back to the AEW. Now, 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 the big question was going, we're recording this on Sunday, and the big question was going to be, was Vince doing all this shit at Raw just because he happened to be in town because he was there because it was WrestleMania, because he was finishing the sale, Endeavor's based out of California, like, you know, he was just there and then inserted himself into Raw. Would he travel to Portland to keep doing it? 
for the SmackDown broadcast on Friday. Does not appear that he did. It's still up in the air how present he will be week to week, but he did not go to SmackDown. And SmackDown was a much better show because of it. But anyway, that's all developing. It's been a very interesting two, two, fuck, three years for, for the biggest wrestling company in the world. And, I mean, you said we're all going back to AEW. I'm sure this was in the works beforehand, but don't let it say Tony don't smell an opportunity. They announced they are running a show at Wembley in a few months. And that's a big fucking swing. So, I mean. Yeah. It's interesting. It's exciting to watch a underdog company. Like, this is a huge, like, they're calling the shot. They're going for it. Like, that's interesting to watch. Wembley is a 90,000 seat stadium. And I don't know what makes it worth it to them. They can't do 90,000. Absolutely not. The WWE can barely do 90,000. I don't know what. Well, if it's, but I mean, think about it. If it's a one shot and it's all of the UK and the UK and the UK is not that hard to get a, like it's not like you're driving from New York to San Francisco. Yeah. Right? Like from the the northernmost tip of England, not Scotland, but England, to the southernmost tip, it's like a, a couple hours. Right? Like you have all of that mm. island to tap for fans. Plus Europe as a whole, Germany, Austria, yes. like this wrestling I don't know a ton about European wrestling, but I mean it's a huge those are huge markets as well. Back in the days when dudes would travel all over. So yeah, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that develops. That was my news. I was scrolling Instagram yesterday and saw there was an event happening in the world on the weekend that was generating a lot of headlines in the nerd news cycle. But at the same time I said, I can't, (laughs) I can't dive into this. So when I touched base with Caitlin, I said, can you cover this? And she said, sure. So, Caitlin, yeah. what do we care about the Star Wars celebration? Okay. Well, as I said to you before we started recording, um, there's what maybe people care about, and then there's what I care about. So, I guess... What do people care about? What are you getting well, okay, the sense all, people it was, care it, about? It was Star Wars Celebration 2023. All right? Um, that's what kicked off. It kicked off in Europe um, on April 7th. And it unveiled several new projects on the horizon. Um, so we got a trailer for Ahsoka. Um, they talked about the, the series The Acolyte. Um, they announced that um, they're making a second season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I do not know how. What? 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 I, I, I am as shocked as stunned as you are. Um, they announced who'd be playing what Grand Admiral Thrawn. No, God, please, no, no! <laughs> Who's playing Thrawn? I didn't know they announced that. Um, it's, okay, so it's, it's, um, Lars Mikkelsen, who is the brother of, of, uh, the other Mickelson. This is, I want Mads Mickelson. We have Mads Mickelson at home, but it's Lars Mickelson. <laughs> it's Lars Mickelson, who also has, who looks remarkably like his brother. Um, and, uh, has that same, like, gr- gravitas that you need mm. for Thrawn. So I'm, I'm actually I mean, pretty happy about that. He's going to be painted blue with red eyes. So, I mean, there's only. Yeah. Um, but probably, I would say probably, like, 
the biggest news is that Daisy Ridley is coming back. Um, the thought, the first thing that senior correspondent said was she must be out of money. I mean, Um, I mean, I mean, which I don't know how, I don't know how fair that is. I, I like to think that maybe they've handed her a good, if not script, a good like narrative. Oh, Caitlin, you think there's a script done? No, no, I don't think there's a script done. That's what I mean. I think they've, but they maybe said like, this is where we want to go with the idea for the character. And apparently she's going to be starting like a new Jedi order type thing. And the one thing that I can say is that they are, depending on who they get to do the films, they have a freedom from the past. Um, you know, there's no more... I guess there's no more Luke, there's no more Han. There's Han, no Han, there's no more Leia. Um there's sort of like you kind of not it's not a completely blank slate, but you get this sort of blank slate for what you want to do, which when we've seen that, it's been it's been good. Um you're still working within the universe, but I just think about all the so obviously this is a lesson that the the fans had to learn, right? Like you just want the thing you had. Turns out, no, you don't. You didn't like. You didn't. At least you didn't like the J.J. Abrams version of it. Although you could argue he very much leaned into what they wanted. Because I've only seen Force Awakens, but it was pretty much Control C, Control V on New Hope. And now maybe you know the fans will not expect, don't want that. There's no expectation there that the fans want anyone to redo what they love from the original trilogy. That's an expensive fucking lesson to learn. I just think of all the money that was spent on $300 million plus movies. Yeah. My my biggest... I'm glad... I'm sort of... I felt bad for Daisy Ridley and for... Um, oh, the actor who played Finn. You can get there. I believe in you. Uh, no, I can't. No, John I Boyega. John Boyega! Um, who I actually really like. Um... I've seen him in other things, and he's he's really good. Um, they failed many characters in the in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, those two stand out, of course. Rose, Rose stands out, the character. Yeah. Um, and they were doing they did sort of like mini sort of animated things um, with those characters that like sort of tried to start to patch that up. Um, I felt so bad. Like they were just they're just kids in a the movie. They're just actors. They're just doing their job and people just that the hate that they got. So I am, this is why I'm like, either they're offering her a lot of money or they've given her a lot of money and like, this is where we want to take the character and it might actually be a good story. I don't know. I think there's too much star Wars. I know. I know you never thought I heard me say it, but there's way too much star Wars. Um, I, I I need to interject here again. Sorry, yeah. back to one point yeah. that I know I know I know you addressed it. I know you made brief comment on it, but I don't think we commented on it enough. They're doing a second Obi Wan season. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. I was in passing, and the things I was looking at, I was. I mean, should we be surprised? Maybe not. <laughs> should we? Be? Yes, we should be surprised because not everything that comes out of Lucasfilm is good yeah (laughs) I I just I mean like they're just pumping so much out that's what I mean right um 
They're pumping so much out that I'm going to say they are diluting the brand. Kate, are you familiar with the notion of the heat check? Oh, I don't know if I am. Heat check is a term that I believe originates in uh, in basketball fandom. You do something to see how hot you are. Like in basketball, if you were like, if you just made like six three pointers in a row, maybe start trying to take take them from further out. You know, you take bigger risks because you think you know you're you're hot right now. You got to check right. how hot you are. Right. It's the heat check. A second season of Obi Wan really feels like a heat check to me. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it could be. They have some. I I have I don't have much to say about it. We know I didn't like it. Um, the, the, but here's the other thing. Yet again, for the second season of Obi Wan Kenobi, they're not tied to anything. They've ended this sort of like. You think young Leia they, ain't making a return? Oh, I really liked her, that actress, but I hope not. I hope she goes on to do bigger, better things. Um, but they are not tied to like his confrontation with Darth Vader, which was just totally botched in my mind. But anyway, um, there is something to be said as well. So I need to talk about Ahsoka because it it connects. There's like you know that scene from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's got like the red strings <laughs> everywhere, and it's like these are you, my theories. You are Charlie Day in this in this analogy. I am, I am Charlie Day in this analogy. So something that happened in Rebels, which was a big thing, was there was a manipulation of time, which we've never seen. At least it may have been in novels um, at the extended universe, but we've never seen it, you know, in a animated or live action product before in right. Star Wars. It makes sense to the... To the story, like there, I mean, there's magic in this in this galaxy, so it's not out there. And there are a lot of, um, I think they would call them um, artifacts, ancient artifacts that have like, I mean, you could call them force properties, but magical properties. Um, and it made sense to the story, um, but there was a there was a time manipulation, and it had to do with specifically Ahsoka and Rebels. And from everything we've seen from the trailers, um, or, or, or the even the the title card from Ahsoka when it came out way back when, there was this time-looking thing, um, which I could be totally off base here. If they bring that mechanic in some way back into the story, what will that change? What will that, will we have this whole Marvel thing where we mm. can do all these different things it's, and we can explain stuff away? Star Wars getting its Superboy punches to correct things they didn't like? Yeah. Is that is that what they're going to use it for? What has this been the plan for a while? Or am I Charlie Day? <laughs> it's always sunny <laughs> in Philadelphia. Um, the other thing about Ahsoka and... Though I loved seeing the trailer and I, I love seeing the characters in live action, um, there is something to be said, and both Senior Correspondent and I said it after we saw the trailer, which is, A, we would rather see this animated, B, 
Will they suck doing live action? I don't think voice actors are given enough credit. And this goes back to an argument about like, <sighs> cartoons are not just for kids. Um, they can be, for sure, and they can be targeted at kids. But um, there's this idea that for anything to be like legitimate, it needs to be live action, especially for Star Wars. Right. Um, and... I'm I'm excited about it because there are characters like Sabine Wren, who we see in the trailer, Thrawn, of course, um, characters that we haven't seen in a while. There are new characters as well in the trailer, which is great. I always I'm always for the introduction of new characters and new storylines. Um, it's just this worry that like with their need to make things live action, they're gonna lose some of the um, feeling of rebels of of those stories of those characters. Um, also, her like you are still not long enough. <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm just gonna say that right now. What what about what about Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Was what about her dang, um, dangly bits? I mean, her dangly bits are fine. Okay. Um, and yeah, even that character like. <sighs> There's something to be said for <clears throat> the amount of emotion and connection you get from voice actors in their roles, right? Like, you can't just make someone look like someone else and be like, it's the same, <laughs> right? Like, maybe they'll do an amazing job and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is so good. Or maybe I'll be like, it just doesn't – it's it's Uncanny Valley, right? It just doesn't feel right. Um, and I don't want to be like a Puritan – when it comes to that kind of stuff, remember, this is all, this stuff is made for, you know, for kids, <laughs> but there is, I am, I do have a soft spot for rebels for sure. Um, is it made for kids or isn't it though? Cause like I, it's a, definitely a made kid, for kids. Okay. For sure. Tonally sure. But the amount of lore this is carrying now, like you're expecting, I don't know who the fuck Sabine I'm, Wren is. I'm so, whoa, I don't whoa, know. Whoa. I don't know who Mary Elizabeth Winston is playing. Like, I really feel like Filoni got a, this, this is my everyday concern troll about how they're going to thread it for the normies and the deep lore. You made for kids. When did Rebels come out? There are kids who were born who have never seen Rebels. Like, no, I know, but like at the time, like we're talking like twelve, thirteen, eleven year olds. Like, think about how much lore you absorbed as a kid when you were watching. I don't know whatever cartoon you're watching, like Batman the animated series, right? Or maybe it's just the. Uh, the Spectrum kids out there, the I'm not arguing that the kids can't remember it. I'm arguing that they haven't seen it, that they're going to be coming to Ahsoka fresh. They're not going to know Rebels. They're not oh, going to know uh, sure, but Clone like, Wars. That's, that's part of the, like, the journey these days. It's not about um, always about, you know, this new thing in Star Wars. It's about how do I thread th these characters existing before and introducing them to a new audience. That's part of the writing nowadays oh, i do not have um, the confidence in <laughs> i don't know in the I, writing. I i we've seen good things with andor i suppose um, yeah but also i don't know there wasn't a lot of um like i guess my attachment to ahsoka in like the filoni verse portion is only based on your affection for the character and what i have taken from that I don't know that the show ever gave me anything to really care about this character. 
and I and that's a critic a legitimate criticism. I heard it from other friends as well who were not familiar with the cartoons or Clone Wars or Rebels, who were like, "Who is this person, and why do I care about them?" And that's a, a fair assessment, absolutely. Because I mean, sorry to jump in again, but like the one thing that informs how I view this character when it comes on screen is that was Anakin's pod one, and that's just enough for me to know. Uh, sketched out like what her perspective on the world must be what she's gone through even forget the little clips i've seen here and there that you've shown me or that i've gone and watched about her fighting vader or whatever like you know i have a sense of the life she's lived to the point when you meet her in the mandalorian uh your average rando i like baby yoda viewer not going to have any of that. So again, this is what this is why I feel the heat check element is coming in specifically for Filoni because I think he had a hit and got the got the blank checkbook and now he's like I'm doing everything I wanted to do. And I, I also you got the like you watched the trailer and was like got the sense of like oh they're the time thing from Rebels and blah blah blah. I just got it again as like this is to explain why Force Awakens happened. <laughs> Well, and that's funny because even um, watching um, The Bad Batch, we were like, oh, I see. They've just turned everything <laughs> into explaining the, the, like, the right. Force Awakens and like that trilogy. And that's not cool. Like, it, It's retconning a plan, which they did not have a plan when they started Force Awakens. Um, no, which is, I think, just gross. I think I am so angry <laughs> about it. And now they're trying to retcon. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> that was all. It totally makes sense. Yeah. It's all part of the universe we've built that we haven't built yet. Um. Okay. So did we now cover, is Ahsoka the start of the things Caitlin cares about? Or did we get into that? Or what's the uh, news no, Caitlin that, cares about? That No, it was really just Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair. I mean... And it sounds like I'm shit talking, but I liked I liked the trailer. It made me optimistic. But again, it's like that's me knowing something about this character and the barest bits of her journey beforehand. I you probably watched it and were like, all of this makes sense and I have theories <laughs> and understanding. And oh no. There was lots where I was like, I have no idea what's going on and I like it. <laughs> where's Ezra? Oh, where's Ezra? Um Wasn't Sabine looking at a little thing at Ezra in the trailer? Yes, was she me? was, which I was like, was that and it was Ezra. Um, and she was in Lothal, which is... Again, these are things that, like... Again, someone who's seen a bunch of Star Wars stuff is like, oh my god, that's awesome. But if you haven't, you're probably like, oh, a new setting. Right. And that, I think, is good for both sides. Like, for instance, there was... In not the last episode of The Mandalorian, but before... Um, he go uh the Mandalorian goes to a bar and there was a weird funky rock psychedelic music playing mm. and Chris got so excited and I was like, Why are you so excited? He's like, There's only one person who listens to that shitty music. <laughs> and it was that character. Um it was Zeb from Rebels, and you got to see Zeb like briefly, and that was fun, but no one else cares about it. They're just like, Oh, a character that's like a weird giant purple guy. Um, so it's like, is that the music know, they call jizz in the star Wars universe or is that, is no. that something else? <laughs> no, jizz is jazz adjacent. That's what jizz is. It's jazz adjacent. 
Um, there my favorite is... thing I've learned in five years of doing this podcast. <laughs> the favorite thing I've ever learned doing this podcast. Um, there is also, I guess there was like Jedi Survivor gameplay trailer. Oh, right, right, right. Um, there was... What are the guy from Squid Game? What's he going to be in? Acolyte? Uh, there's Acolyte. Um... There was some other stuff as well. There was more Tales of the Jedi, which was an animated thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. There, there's sort of like so much that, again, I'm like, there's too much Star Wars. <laughs> All I want is Andor, and I want Mandalorian to stop being And you're ma- you're making me wait for Andor till 2024. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to complain when it blows the rest of this shit out of the water again, but ugh. anyway. Yeah. Hey, Kate. Yeah. You mentioned The Mandalorian. You alluded I to the did. fact that you thought The Mandalorian was bad. Would you care to, well, would you care okay. to expand on that? Um, sure. So, uh, since we're going into updates, I guess, um, because it's my only update, um, it was the only thing I watched. Um, not on purpose. It wasn't like I was like, oh, my whole week is going to be devoted to The Mandalorian. I just... I have, I'm, it's my busy time at work, so I'm getting home at like eight, nine o'clock. Um, so the show is wildly in- inconsistent, which a little inconsistency, fine. Um, a lot of inconsistency, n- not okay. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, I feel like you're name dropping now, <laughs> um, who you're friends with, and it's cool you're friends with Jack Black and Lizzo, <laughs> but I... I don't know mm. that they needed to be in this episode. Um, there were things I liked. Um, I really legitimately feel that I don't. I don't want to blame Kathleen Kennedy because I think she gets a lot of flack. That's not her, but I don't know. If it's her or somebody else who was like, and we talked about it briefly. Um, they wanted Baby Yoda in the third season. Baby Yoda does not need to be in this season. <laughs> I mean, I love Baby Yoda. He's adorable. Um, he does not. He sells plushies. He sells plushies, and he makes the money so they can make more Star Wars television and movies. Um, I. It was like there was two episodes. <laughs> there was like they were like going to do their regular episode, and then they were like, "Hey, let's just go on this weird adventure." So, Kate, okay, I did not. I was almost out. I was like, I was, I came, I don't know where I was. I mean, I didn't come back from the gym on Friday and I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'd already asked the most consistent man at work <laughs> how the episode was. Cause I, for, I forgot about it. It finally happened yeah. to me. I was going to bed on Wednesday night and I was like, uh, oh shit. The Mandalorian dropped today. Didn't even occur to me. That's where I am now with the Mandalorian used to be like, yeah. I used to watch it bam right away. And I'm like, oh, right. That came out. Um, and I'd already spoken to the most consistent man at work, and he said, the stunt casting is getting ridiculous. And I said, explain. Uh-huh. And he said, so they go and they meet their, you know, the they have to go to this planet, and they, they meet the, uh, the the rulers, you know, the, the Viscount or whatever of this planet. Yeah. And they're played yeah. by two other actors. Guess who they are? I'm like, you expect me to guess? He's like, it's a comedic actor and a musician. And I don't know who I mentioned, but he then said, Jack Black and Lizzo. I said, if you had given me a thousand guesses, <laughs> I would not have come up with that combination. That is in and of itself one thing. 
I don't know how old he is. Again, yeah, I've been shitting on old people a lot this episode. Sorry, Vince. Christopher Lloyd showing up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I like Christopher Lloyd. I was very excited about Christopher He was Lloyd. far better. But again, there's a moment. I brought all that up to say, like, there's a moment where the video game storytelling, it seems like even the actors right? are tired, tired of it. I was like, like they go and they meet like, the Viscount and Jack. Are they going Jack, on a side mission? Like, they go to Jack Black on? and they're like, we need to go and get clearance to this place. He's like, I can give it to you. But I need a favor. And I swear to God, Katie Sackhoff like rolls her eyes and I'm like, girl, I get it. Like, yeah, and I'm sure it's like, oh, nothing is free. Everybody always needs favors from everybody. I'm waving my hands right now because it's like, that's how you want me to believe that this is how things work. But every time it's like. And the weird thing is I liked parts of it. I liked I would been I would have been fine if that was what the episode was about. I, I didn't even yeah to, I didn't even hate the droid subplot like the plot about yeah, the, you know, if, the droids going that, rogue. I didn't mind. That would have, like in in its own episode about like for some reason they need to something on that planet they have need to have a bounty something and that's like that subplot. Um, I think that would have been fine, but the fact that it's like wedged into this other thing and then not even letting me see Jin Din Djarin and and whatever her face is fight for the sword I was like oh come now no she got on technicality <laughs> which is just so lame I was like she could beat the shit out of him just let us be, watch her beat the shit out of him why can't everybody, everybody gotta stay friends it's for the kids but it doesn't make any sense. Some Anyways, some weird ro- was... some weird spider robot beat me and took the sword, and then she beat the spider robot and took the sword. So it's her sword now, this right? Is, you know what that is? That's like Harry Potter shit. That was like <laughs> Harry Potter, like Malfoy beat Dumbledore, and then Harry beat Malfoy, and then so the wand is actually his. Like, I it, it wasn't like a haha moment like you think it was, writers. It was just <laughs> making it so that I didn't get to see Katie Sackoff beat the shit. Out of the internet's daddy. Like, you know. I think just... you mean whatever actor was in the suit that day. Well, of course I do, but. But. It's an old joke. It never gets old to me, though. I still love it. <laughs> um, anyways. So... You know, you know, Katie Sackhoff read that script where it was like, <laughs> take your helmet off. And she was like, God, really? She's like, I was so close to getting the Pascal deal. <laughs> I could just record um... my lines voice memo style on an iPhone and. And airdrop them to Lucasfilm. Um, but yeah, I just, uh... Show's bad right now. Yeah, and, and again, there are bits and pieces that I, I really like, but it's sort of, I never know what show I'm gonna get when I watch it. You know what it, you know what it is? What it is, here's what it is, and I'm thinking of this, why did I start watching this show? Because the greatest mystery about the show was Baby Yoda, and now I'm in this show about unifying Mandalore. Don't give a fuck, don't... Executive producer. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. <sighs> we all came in. May, may, like, yeah. listen, you, maybe senior correspondent, the the Fet Hive out there, maybe that's, maybe they want it. But you're, the people who made I'm, this show a hit are the people who came in for Baby Yoda and want to see what his deal is. I'm, I'm, and I'm, see, my thing is I'm fine with, I'm fine with a narrative that either focuses on the Mandalorians. That makes sense. It's called the Mandalore. 
or or him or him and baby Yoda doing bounties and making it like a week to week kind of thing um or like exploring his like trying to get him actually like back to his planet or whatever um but I don't know what the show is it's so convoluted and it's so disparate there's no overarching vision. I'm like, showrunners, like, get it together. Um, and even the last couple episodes, I thought they were sort of finding their way, and then they, like, wedged in this thing. This felt like a Clone Wars episode, like, <laughs> of, the, of the TV show. Like, like a kid's, you know, they go to a planet, they got to do X, right? That's what this felt like. And that's okay if in a certain time and place, or if that's what your show is. But, yeah... It was just, uh, yeah, it's been a hard hang. And there's like things that I'm like, oh, that's so fun. Or like, oh, that's a cool part. Or that was a cool battle. Or I loved watching them kick the shit out of each other. Like that was great. Um, but then there's a bunch of pieces that I'm like, it's not even that I didn't enjoy them. I just didn't enjoy them in that context Mm. or in that episode or in that show or with those characters. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a hard hang. Who knew baby Yoda? Mm. Who knew baby Yoda loved Lizzo that much, though? I mean, I love I love Lizzo He's that just much. Bumping, bumping, bumping juice, and then Naboo Starfighter later. <laughs> anyway, friends, like Kate said, that's our only update. I'm going to keep it brief because we do need to get into the back half of the show. Um, brief shout out, Twitter shout out to. Xavier Nelson Jr. Apologize if I got the name wrong. He's at Rit Nelson on Twitter. And last night, he watched Evangelion for the first time. Oh, he, boy. He live, he live tweeted the back half, and it was an incredible thread to read because we have all been there. You hit episode 18 on, and, you know, three hours later, you're just tweeting, everything is juice, everyone is juice. It's all juice. <laughs> correct. Correct. That fan, is 100% fantastic correct. ride. Um, what else is out there? Got my pre-order. Made a pre-order back in like October for the latest Junji Ito short story collection called Tombs. And no- then proceeded to send what I do, Caitlin Kate? pictures. What I do. Because you know what's collected in this edition finally? Slug Girl. Yeah. Slug Girl, Kate. Yep. Hey, remember Slug Girl? Sure is. From when we talked about the Edo anime years and years ago? It's a story about mm-hmm. a girl whose tongue gets replaced by a slug. And hilarity ensues. Um, my comeuppance No one in- has ever said that. By <laughs> No one has ever said that about Junji Edo. No one. My comeuppance came a scant two stories later when it was a story about a guy who has a phobia about the undersea world. Why are you coming for me like this, Junji? Because he knows you're using your power for free. <laughs> that, that, that was my heat check. I was like, I'm just going to freak Caitlin out all afternoon. Oh, God. It's Leviathans from the Deep filled with people rolling up on the beach. Um, what else has been out there? I uh, want to shout out a sitcom that I've talked about on the show before, but I really feel has leveled up this season in the LOL department, and that is Grand Crew. Back for a second season. Uh, about a, It's basically your standard. It, I don't think it's rude to call it cookie cutter we go to sitcoms for cookie cutter but like a collection of friends primarily black men in los angeles or in california who 
develop a love of wine and hang out at a wine bar and just kind of the usual everything looking for love life type stuff and the the jokes have gotten much better to a degree that like there's been things that the show has done that i was like i know the show had it in them for that like when interesting a guy ends up crying in the middle of a very intimate act and the euphemism they come up for that intimate act had me falling out of my chair it was fantastic so salute to grand crew it's on the ctv app you can watch it there um, Yellow Jackets, we'll watch that this morning so I could be caught up. Tori Amos getting a lot of burn this season on, <laughs> on Yellow Jackets. Probably a good reason why. That's probably about all you need to know about this season of Yellow Jackets. It's the amount of Tori Amos that's getting played right now. Um, still very unclear. I don't, you keep waiting to see if they're going to pull the trigger on if this is actually a supernatural show or not. Um, there are some characters on the show and the way they're the way they hallucinate or not that you're like, I don't know if there are feasible uh, psychological explanations for these anymore. We might be going into full, full spooky version, which I mean, fair if you're going to do it, but we, you might want to, you know, get the footing. Hurry it up. You might want to get me some firm footing. So I know where I'm standing uh, sooner than later. Right. Last thing I'm going to mention, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. Uh, the homie pops. I have a cordial, Instagram friendship with his wife as well because she's a bigger weeb than Pops is and she she talks to me about weeb stuff. And one everybody of everybody has to have someone to talk to about weeb stuff. It's she's very also important for your psychological health. She's also a fan of you know waifu collector you know weebu games, gacha games, stuff like that. And uh, I the, thought you were the only one. The one she was playing uh, was going out of service. Not not Love Life School Idol Festival. Another one, Princess Connect. I think it was called. Um, which I played for a while and was like, meh, and then kept it moving. Um, so she's like, I'm looking for a new one. Try this one. And she sends me a link to a game called Nikkei Goddess of Victory. And the art style greatly reminded me of a game I had played a few years ago called Destiny Child, which was, how do I say this? Trash? The lewdest of the lewd? The most fan servicey in thing i'd ever seen in my life so um, gross yeah but should be said sometimes the ladies don't mind gross as well she was like the art's gorgeous and i'm looking at it, i'm like oh it's like i think i just saw a vagina that, like. that's a that's a word for it oh no kate it's not vaginas here's the thing this game works on a sort of duck and cover shootout mechanic okay. it's basically all, all the waifus are are the combat droids basically um, and you're fighting like matrix style robots on the surface of the, the abandoned surface of the earth. Um, so you will start with, you know, your character, you, you have five of them in your party in your squad. You'll start with the main one. You'll be behind like some, you know, uh, a rock or some shit. Um, and then you start, you press anywhere on your phone and they will pop out and start shooting at thing. And you have the little, what's that called? The Reddit, like the site, the little gun site yeah. to slide around to shoot the things. What will then happen is she turns around to start shooting, and I go, "Oh, this is gears of ass. That's what I'm watching. That's what I'm playing right now. Uh, this is all ass right now." And I'm sending Pops' wife screenshots, going, "Why have you done this to me?" <laughs> she's Why probably you- like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even notice." What makes this more frustrating? It's a really good game. <laughs> oh God. Just the gameplay style and the way you have to like think about because the, the, obviously certain characters use different weapons and some are useful for some enemies and some are not. And the way you adjust your party, it uses that thing where you don't 
your characters don't level up as you go through stages. You like gain materials and then you have to choose which one to level up. Um, so there's the resource management side of things. Who are you going to put invest in to strengthen, et cetera, et cetera. And God damn. And it looks for what it is. It looks really good. And like, maybe I just have a decent phone now and the shit runs really good and it doesn't turn my phone into a smoldering pile of goo in my hand after it runs for five minutes. But <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm very upset that the game is as, as fun to play, uh, as it is. Um, and it, it also doesn't throttle how long you can play for, which is one thing that kind of annoys me. It does in the sense that you will hit a stage where you're not strong enough. Right. And then you have to wait to generate the resources to strengthen your characters and keep going through the stages. Uh, I just, all I can think is, do you really need another one? <laughs> You've got like 12 that you do like every day. This is a phone game, Kate. I know. This is the phone. This isn't the iPad game. Who cares? <laughs> It doesn't matter what platform or what <laughs> device you're using. Yeah, but I don't take my iPad with me anywhere. This is the phone. This is where I like at the bus stop or, you know, whatever. All right. <laughs> Will it last? I don't know. But <laughs> I, just... I don't know. It's got butts. So that is check mark right there. I mean, it's it's a very gross game sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's not. Sometimes it very much is. But I apparently missed the Chainsaw Man collab that happened. Because... <gasps> Power's in the game. I don't know. She's in the gacha pool. I don't know if I'll ever be able to draw her, but Interesting. her her butt's covered. She's just in her <laughs> she's just in her hoodie and pants. Anyway, that game's trash, but <laughs> yet here I am. Friends, we're gonna take a break right here, and when we come back, hope we didn't get too, hope you didn't get too full of wrestling on the front half of the show. So we gotta talk about it a little bit on the back half of the show. I'm curious to see what Caitlin thought of heels, which we'll get into after this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. But before we get into it, we have some rules. Yeah. The show is pretty much chaos. So without these rules, it'd be just ridiculous. The only ones we managed to follow, but. (laughs) And sometimes we don't even manage that. First rule is the rule of three. That's if the thing comes in parts, like this show does, then you are to watch three of them so that the show gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. We have found this mostly happens in like shows of the past where they had like a pilot and maybe they're like working things out a bit. Most shows these days, I don't know if it's the budget or the writing or that they really need to like take off immediately are pretty consistent, but we will get into it. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the show or the thing that we have consumed before we are sitting in front of these microphones. So that's, so you folks get the hottest of takes. We wouldn't have even had a choice this week if I wanted to talk to Caitlin about it because she didn't watch it until 10 a.m., 10 p.m. last night, so. I was busy. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, uh. Sometimes the shows are older, but we still want you guys to get our sort of like live feedback about it. Um, and uh, and we often surprise each other. So we often, want you guys very to experience. often. Yeah, we want you guys to experience that joy. 
Um, and then the third rule is not really a rule. It's just a policy is that there will be spoilers. So yep. if you are like, look, I don't want to know anything about this show before I've had a chance to watch it, then you need to go watch it. I watched it at 10 p.m. last night. You could fit it <laughs> into your schedule. Um, and uh, and if you're like rah, 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 about it, then you can go fuck right off. But like nicely, <laughs> like in a good way, just like, you know. If you're if you're if it's a Tuesday and the weather's nice, uh, and you're listening to this, just go for a nice walk. Or I mean, listen, but yeah, take take a stand in your doorway for a second before you leave the house. Yes, um, maybe out onto your like front porch or your patio or your balcony, or just put your head out the window, just to see how cold it is because it might look nice, but as we know, it could be frigid. Um, and with that, let's get into it. So if you are already a fan of this show that we're talking about, you might be like, Jordan, how the fuck did you take you this long to bring this show in? And I don't know. It just, I had a like vague awareness of it, but I don't think I really knew what it was about. But I was talking to the most consistent man at work this week about WrestleMania, and he said his favorite moment of the WrestleMania weekend, because he watched it at his parents' house, because his dad is low-key into it as well. He's watching with his dad. It's his mom came downstairs. His mom, who is a fan of the show we're talking about today. And says, who won the main event? And the most consistent man said, oh, Roman Reigns won. And his mother then said, was he working heel or face? And he said, Roman was working heel. And then his mother said, and did he win clean? Ooh, girl. <laughs> and, and he said, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> there was a schmoz. Um... Because his mother knows wrestling terms <laughs> from watching this show. Mm-hmm. And that then made me want to look more closely at this show because it seemed to be dealing in the thing that Caitlin says she is always the most interested about regarding this thing that I have brought to her life more than she ever would have realized. And that is the world of professional wrestling. So we are talking about Heels, which is an American drama television series about professional wrestling Created by Michael Waldron, whose uh, biggest bullet points on his IMDb are he created, he ran the Loki show for Marvel and also wrote the Multiverse of Madness. Make of that what you will as an endorsement or criticism, (laughs) depending on your mileage may vary. But that's who he is. The show premiered on August 15th, 2021 on Stars, And in November of that year, the series was renewed for a second season. What is the premise? Two brothers and rivals, one a villain or heel in pro wrestling and the other a hero or babyface play out scripted matches as they war over their late father's wrestling promotion and vie for national attention in the small town of Duffy, Georgia. This stars Stephen Amell as Jack Spade, a heel in the Duffy Wrestling League uh, and the proprietor of the DWL. Uh, Alexander Ludwig as Ace Spade, Jack's brother, and the uh, when we start the show, the lead babyface. Uh, Allison Luff as Jack's wife, Mary McCormack as Willie Day, Jack's business partner, Kelly Berglund as Crystal Tyler, a valet and love interest for Ace, Alan Maldonado, James Harrison, Roxton Garcia, and Chris Bauer, old Frank Sabachka, <laughs> coming in as Wild Bill, who was the uh, one-time nemesis of Jack and Ace's uh, pro wrestling father, who uh, dies before the start of the show. And... I guess I will just leave it there and ask Caitlin for her immediate impression and hot takes about this show. I watched four episodes. Holy. I was up too late. 
I'm not on the right bank, Caitlin. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's ahead of me, y'all. I only got the first three down. <laughs> Why were you compelled to watch four episodes, Caitlin McKinnon? Um, because I wanted to know what happened. <laughs> but my problem was is I got to four and I was like, okay. I'll start. I wanted to know what happened. We have some characters, even like I'm talking, not even main characters, like background, like side characters, secondary characters that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about. Um, I, I really like the writing. I, I did find, I did find when they like explained things a little explainy. That yes, I I did. It's funny you mentioned in your preamble that you know sometimes shows sometimes are already the thing when they start, and I can see that on this show. But also watching the first episode, I was like, "Wow, this is a lot of throat clearing for the normies who don't know anything about this." And I think they could have done it in a better way. Mm-hmm. I don't think like they like for instance they have that the, a new wrestler. That has just started in the first episode. Right. Um, and he, he doesn't like know things and that's not, you don't hire someone like that because he can injure <laughs> right. someone. Like I know that. <laughs> and I'm like, why would they hire him? He could hurt someone. Um, so yeah. And I understand why they had to do that. Um, but I do think there would have been better ways to do it. Um I'm not trying to like pick on them or pick on the show at all. I just that was something that I was like, ooh, like that was a little. It pops you out of the the story. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but the characters were interesting. The brothers were interesting. I found, even though I found him wildly annoying, I found Ace really compelling. Um, he's yeah, he's and that's the so the arc of the first three episodes story wise we'll just start here so the mm-hmm. the the show is struggling because as the their father um which also can I just say as a fan of wrestling king jack and ace spade are just fantastic res- indie wrestling names like yeah for local regional promotions that's fantastic um so their dad was king spade um and he named he, his kids jack and ace jack and ace <laughs> um now he has passed away uh, before the start of the first episode, you find out pretty short order that he committed suicide. And by the third episode, you get some sort of details regarding that. You see how it happened. Um, and the crux is basically Ace is the superstar babyface. He's the all-American, what we would call a white meat babyface. There's nothing really to him. He doesn't really have any character. He's just a good guy, pretty boy, you know, place to the crowd everybody loves him and his brother jack is playing the despicable you know champion mm-hmm. of the league and through the first episode there's a we are finally getting to the jack versus ace match in the first episode which is what you know what this the storylines around this little indie wrestling league have been leading to and it should also be said jack takes all this very seriously He's the he's the guy yeah. he's the booker he's the guy who plans out all the matches and decides the finishes, um, and I found this very interesting because the decision of the first episode is basically do you who do you put over who wins that match and what are the arguments for and against who wins that match 
And I really found it was a perfect time to watch it because I found the similarities happening in this show the exact same as what surrounded the WrestleMania match between Roman and Cody, where everyone thought Cody would win, but he Mm -hmm. didn't. And it's sort of like, well, why didn't he? Why did he continue this? Why did they have Cody fight someone else at Raw? Like, because it's not, there's no conclusion. It's comic books, it's a never ending story. Mm -hmm. So you have to make people come back the next night. And that is why, and I thought this show encapsulated perfectly. The response for to anyone who's like, you know, it's fake, right? Yeah, of course, motherfucker. Of course, I know it's fake. Yeah, I know the outcomes are predetermined. I want to know why. I want to think about why they made it's storytelling. It's it's narrative decisions. It's how you storytell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it's storytelling wedged in between body slams. <laughs> yeah, it's medieval Listen, I. I watched an interview with Paul Heyman, who is a fascinating guy and one of the smartest guys in the business, and he's Roman Reigns' you know, quote-unquote wise man. Not mouthpiece, because Roman doesn't need anybody to talk for him, but he was cutting a like kind of legit interview, but also working at the same time, because he's an old-school wrestling guy. Um, and he was making the argument, Cody is the a bigger star having lost this weekend than he would have been if he won. Right. Because the people believed in him and he came so close and he didn't make it. And that is exactly what the argument is in this episode as Jack is, because Ace just wants to be popular. Ace doesn't get it. He's only been doing it for a year and he just likes people cheering for him. Yeah, which is, it was funny because, so you find this out like sort of in in pieces, which I actually really like. I like when they don't just give you everything up front. You're Mm. sort of finding bits and pieces out. The fact that he's only been doing it for a year. Um, you think, you know, being part of that family, he would have been doing it for ages. Um, the fact I thought the dad committed suicide, like when they were young, did not know it was basically his dad committed suicide. And Jack was like, Ace, you're going to come wrestle. Like I didn't know it was that, um, sort of fast. Um, the fact that Ace does have a lot of like, there's a lot of trauma there, right? Like Mm -hmm. we sort of find things out about that. He's not very stable. He's very emotional. Um, And, and that Jack is, you think Jack's a good guy. Jack's so manipulative. Mm -hmm. And that is really, and so even, so Ace is an interesting character because he has got lots of different, he's like, he can be really horrible and mean. He can, he really just wants love and and attention and support. He wants to be everyone's favorite. He, but also, but also rejects it and pushes it away. Yeah. Like like all Crystal wants to do is just be there for him. But and like love him. And he's like, no, you're just Um, a fucking valet. Get away from me. Like that type of shit. And and but Jack is like he's not a great family man. He's no. obsessed with wrestling and and making that work. To what end? You're kind of like what? What are you expecting? What's it for? Yeah. What's it for? This? You're never. It's not like you're ever going to become the WWE, right? Like what? What is the ceiling? Um, you know, um, he can be mean, and then you find out like in the especially that third episode. Like, so, so let, let, manipulative. Sorry. Let, let me paint the stage again. So, this is the moment. So, I'm watching the first episode, and I'm like, okay, like you said, it's very explainy. Um, but I'm I'm giving it grace because, you know, just because I know all this stuff doesn't mean my coworker's mom knows all this stuff. You know, she's got to, she has to learn the business to 
be in this world and empathize with all of it. Um, but by the end of the first episode, the subplot there is the Chris Bauer character, Wild Bill, who was uh, King Spade's you know nemesis rival back in the indie days, who had gone big, gone north. They never say WWE, but it's heavily implied um, that the WWE exists in this world, and that's where Wild Bill went. And I also wanted to say, if you think that performance is over the top um, in the way he dresses, in the way he looks... I would um, counsel anyone to Google image search uh, Michael Hayes, longtime road agent and producer for the WWE, <laughs> former member of the Fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> Google image search him and then see if this, if you still think this performance is over the top. Because um, it's wrestling, baby. Um, but he has come to scout Ace because, oh my God, he's so over with the fans. He's got holds them in the palm of their hands. Yeah, he's green, but we might want to get him in developmental. Um and it's like, what's Jack going to do now? And he originally books it to be Jack going over. Jack winning the match. Yeah. Because that's the next, you know. Again, like I just said about, like Paul Heyman said about Cody. Like, you came close and you didn't make it. And also, Jack is low-key a jealous, manipulative son of a bitch and doesn't want Ace to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's like, you can't go up north. I need you here. Like, you know, this is what we're building, blah, blah, blah. And Ace obviously doesn't get it. Um, I don't know. Oh, he, he, uh, Ace agrees to it, to the finish, but then says something really horrible to Jack before they go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> before they go out I'm, to the moment where you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and you're like, basically, oh, oh fuck. It's all, it's, it's all going to go shitty now. It's the basically, I'm going to go be famous and you're going to stay here and be nothing and maybe you'll kill yourself like dad did. Yeah. Um, and then Ace goes to the ring and Jack comes out and he shoots on him. He puts him in a legit hold yeah. that could break his arm and Ace is scr- And Caitlin, at this moment, that's the moment I was screaming. That's the moment I was all in on this show. I was like, yeah. oh my God, he fucking shot on him. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, well, I... I... And the ref is like, you're going to break his arm. And he's like, you're going to have to call it then. Um, so he calls for the belt. It's the Montreal Screwjob. He calls for the belt. Jack takes the belt, leaves and... the ring, and Ace is left crying. Yeah. In front of everyone. Legitimately crying in front of the audience. And so then booed, and your, your, your heart just drops into the pit of your stomach. And the next two episodes is Ace still thinks he can get the fans back. Yeah. But Jack knows... They want to fucking boo this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what he tries, he's kind of an entitled prick now. They see him as an entitled prick now. And even though when in the second episode, when they like reconcile and Ace is like, I don't want to ever, ever get booed again. I'm like, my man, you ain't got a choice. And like, Jack and Jack is like, no, well, yeah, and Jack knows it. When, like, when he says no, yeah, we'll make sure that never happens. That's fine. I'm like, you're lying to him. Jack knows they're going to boo him the second he comes out. There's no way around. It doesn't matter what he says. And other wrestlers say this to him. He's and like, when he's, and when you he's cried in the ring. And when he's practicing his speech and you're just like, you're like, oh, and even, and, and then the other character, there's this, there's this other part of this thing, this other character, Crystal. Right. Who is, 
a great wrestler. <laughs> she wants to wrestle, but she is, yes. I'm, I'm going to call her a fluffer. Basically, a wrestling fluffer. They are called. What are they called? I mean, it's you usually. You it's it's weird that she would be with Ace, but it's you know a valet is someone you usually put with a character who can't get over on their own, right? It's exactly a fluffer. It's yeah. It's someone you know. That might be a little bit of a grotesque term. They're not necessarily always, you no, know, having sex oh, and... I mean, she does a she lot. She does. How'd you feel about the boob count on this show? Uh, I'm little, I'm little. mad because I would, you know, how I like to see one for one. If you're going to show me some boo, show me some some penis and butt. Um, we may still. We saw it's the ratio is not level at all, but there were no. some butts. And I'm, no. I, this seems like the type of show that would throw some dongs in there once I in a like while. that Crystal had re- real boobs. Let's put it that way. She didn't have like giant <laughs> face. She had boobs for her figure. She's a petite lady. She is. Um, I like to see all different types of body types. So, um, And I just... I really interested in her and the character. Um, Jack has this sort of like vision of what he wants, and but I think he's—I don't want to say burning bridges, but he's definitely um, pissing people off. There is the guy who is—I can't remember the wrestler's name—who's um, like the best wrestler, and even Jack Ro- says, "Rooster, yeah. Rooster." He's like, "You're the best wrestler we've got. You'll get a chance at the title when it's time." But you feel like he's been saying that for. God knows how long. Right. Um, and even Crystal, like Crystal's, she does this great, I don't even know what it's called. She, it was a hurricanrana. I screamed. I screamed when she did it. So They're good. doing a bar, they're bar fighting. There's a bar fight breaks out when they're trying yeah. to find Ace. For whatever reason, a bar fight breaks out and they're in the parking lot and it's like, okay, we're going to have to fight this guy. And Crystal flies out of nowhere and gives this guy, it's the move where you jump up, wrap your legs around somebody's head and flip them over. And it's one of the only um, things that same, someone who's petite can do because you use your body weight to, like yes. your whole body weight to flip someone and pull them off of balance. Like it's a legitimate thing if you are good at wrestling slash martial arts <laughs> is that you can do. It wasn't like she put him in a chokehold and choked him out like that. You can't really do that as a petite woman, um, no matter what Hollywood movies tell you. Um, anyways, so, and she's, she's good. She knows the wrestling. She wants to be part of it. No one wants her as a wrestling thing. And I'm kind of like, I'm going to tell you now, I wikipedia it because <laughs> I was curious. <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but something happens in the end and I'm like, uh, I want to, I want them to like invest in her Mm. as a wrestler because I think, I think she can get the people. I think she can, you know, be a star kind of thing. It's very apparent in the show that like a wrestling women's division is not high on the priority list for the Duffy wrestling league. No. Um, also in there as well as they own this building, the dome, it's like their, their home arena. There's some guy from Florida who like runs a deathmatch uh, sort of league, who's making a lot of money and wants to buy. You know, he's the he wants to take them over Vince McMahon style. Sorry, um, one of the funniest lines has to do with this, where Jack is talking to his brother or his wife or somebody about like you know he's trying to make it just like it was in the 80s, and they were like, you don't remember the 80s? <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay, no, I don't. I I, I heard stories, but what I, I what I want to make sure we touch on as well is the what i loved was then the second episode because the show and this is maybe an unfair comparison it wants to be friday night lights with wrestling um and the second episode really then expands the town yes you see jack go to his day job you see what his life there as like a lawnmower repairman is 
You see everyone kind of living their lives when they're not, you know, <laughs> performing in tights once a week uh, at the Dome. And I I don't know that it's it's not nailing every aspect, but it's showing enough promise in the way it's threading both the relationships between the people. It's such a hackneyed term, but like a way in and outside the ring. Um, the outside the ring stuff has to be done well additionally, right? Like yeah. you have to, the stuff with Jack and his wife, that whole, I didn't know where in the third episode where his wife kind of has this like girls night with some people she grew up with, um, college buddies or something. And should also be said regarding Jack's, uh, you know, terrible family man type thing. The crux of their issue is that she is supportive, but he never includes her on anything. He buys four fog machines without telling her. And she's like, she says, even in the first episode, you went out and bought them. If you had told me, I could have done three Google searches and got them shipped for, you know, much cheaper than I know you got them for. Yeah. But he just doesn't do it. So I didn't know where this, I didn't know if it was like, they go to the wrestling, they have this nice fancy dinner. They go to the wrestling match after her friends love it. You think it's going to be like, oh my God, they're going to be horrified by all this and how low class show is very Southern should also be said. Yes. In in a good way, like I thought, I mean, I'm not from there. I'm from a weird Canadian version of that, <laughs> of that, but like I thought it captured a lot. It felt very Southern to me, very rural. Um, it knows the place it's in very well. You get the sense that Michael Waldron, and to be fair, Stephen Amell as well, is a huge wrestling fan. He's mm-hmm. worked WrestleMania. Like he's a huge wrestling fan. That they know this show, and this is the show they like wanted to make. Like maybe. Right. Maybe Stephen Waldron gets some Marvel checks, has some successes then, and then pitches this as the show he always wanted to do. I don't know. It's made by people who care, and you can feel that. That's probably why you get CM Punk showing up <laughs> as Ricky Rabies, as Ricky Rabies in, yeah. a, in the third episode. I was like, I was like, I I know who that is. Like, I couldn't re- I couldn't place the name, but I was like, that's right. a wrestler. I was like, so proud of him. There's been so many moments where I was like. I know what that is or like that's not how it's done and I was like so proud of myself. But yeah, you don't you don't know she's clearly off put by something the whole time and you don't really realize until the end of the episode where she's just like she asked the question that Kate mentioned earlier which is like where is this going to? Like what yeah. what are we doing? Because he went from he went through the course of that episode. Jack goes through, I will sell the dome and cut all ties to, I'm not selling the dome. Like we're going get ace back. We're going to run all it. She's like, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. Like, yes. yeah. Which I think is a really good sentence. Just include me. I'm your wife. I like do, that type of shit. I do also think he's in a way holding her hostage because he, mm. she at the, in the first episode says, maybe it's time that I look for a job. Right. Right. Because they are strapped and he's like, no, I don't want you to have to work if you don't. My, mo- my mom didn't have to work when we were growing up. I don't want yeah. you to have to work. And Which she's is, like, I will get a job. It's fine. Yeah. Like, and and also the, in the third episode, she like, her friend is talking about all the places she's gone with her husband or fiance or boyfriend or whatever. And she even she's talked. A flight, and, she's a flight attendant, I yeah. think. And even earlier before that, she mentions, you know, maybe, I think maybe in the second episode, she mentions like taking a vacation. Mm. Um, and he kind of is like, yeah, sure. And they have like squirrels in their attic and she's asked him to mow the lawn. Now I do have something to say. Mm. If you are a stay at home parent, I believe 
that unless there is something like you have an injury or for some reason you can't do it, the lawn is your responsibility. Um, I was just going to put that up. That's the feminist in me being like, why couldn't she? It's a right on mower. <laughs> the stay at home parent is the one who should be tending the lawn. Okay, yeah. I'm, why not? Right. Like you have, if you have the ability and the time to take care of like the household duties, I'm not saying that raising kids is not important, but that kid is like 12. Like he basically <laughs> raises himself. Um, and I love her guitar singing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but again, not the job part, I feel like she could take care of the lawn. Anyways, but the squirrel thing, I understand that he's like the man of the house and it's a South thing and whatever. Um, and he's not taking care of it. Um, he's being derelict and I guess his like husbandly duties in that. Yeah. Regard. The, the, the close of the second episode is basically like, yeah, like Kate saying, there's all these things that she has asked. He has said he will do around the house and it just closes with her like being like, oh, fuck it. And she goes and she, Kills the squirrel after telling her son they will not. She pings that thing with a pelican and throws it in the trash. Um, and then does a couple other things around the house. And then ultimately, like, their lawn that is, like, chest height of their... Yeah. On their child, she finally dusts off the riding mower. And But also, not for nothing, you see in the third episode, the last thing... Didn't, he, didn't their dad mow the lawn? That was, on the yeah. day On the day he died? Yes, he did. He mowed and the I lawn. Mean, he put up a sign, and I don't. You want you want to talk about the get back <laughs> of the terrible thing that Ace said in the first episode? Yeah. When Jack tells it, when Jack and Ace are fighting again, and Ace clearly like holds his dad in very high, holds their dad in very high regard, and Jack clearly has no time for it, and he's like, "Right, he was a great guy. He knew you were home." Yes. Yow. Meaning, for those of you who are like, what does that mean? So, their father kills himself when um, Ace is home. It's a very weird scene. So, his father, it's funny because it, it mirrors some things like the running in the morning, which Jack does um, every morning. So, he runs, he goes, he waves hi to some of the neighbors, he mows the lawn, he puts a sign up. I'm guessing for his wife, it's like Connie's garden or something like that. And he sees this deer eating some of the garden, I guess got into the garden. And like, he walks in, he gets a gun and I think, I'm like, oh, this must be a weird, like, I don't know if they're doing a switch on us or, you know, obviously he's gotten the gun to kill the deer. No, no. He goes out into the porch and just shoots himself in the head. And then Ace is like dad and like runs out and is obviously horrified. Um... It's such a weird scene and not a bad weird scene. It's just so abrupt. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, what was the thing? What was the thing that just like was like the straw? And I mean, I don't know. They, they obviously I'm hoping they have a plan for that um, to get into that. The, the get into the reasoning there, what was going on in their father's life um, that might have influenced that decision. Um, yeah, the show has like echoes of the bear. It's got echoes of Friday night lights. It's, it's not, it's not immediate or as consistently good as maybe I want it to be, but the times when it hits, it hits me harder than I'm expecting. And I really like even the, the other characters. Um, the huge guy, what's his deal? Give me a whole episode about him. And also the, like, even, um, Bobby Pin, who's like the new guy. 
Mm. Um, he's just like the sweetest. Like he's <laughs> he came like in calls he his was, parents all the when time. He came in and he was blue. I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. And he just like calls his parents all the time, being like, "This is so amazing." And I'm having and like the last episode where he's like, "I did a really good job," and you're just like, ah, "No, nothing can happen to this person." Um, and oh god, why'd you say that, Katie? He's probably going to get his neck broken in the ring because oh, he does something wrong. Probably. Um, and then um, the three guys who've been there for a while the guy right. who he the, with the first episode where he's like i was uh, italian they're like you you're not you do not look italian like <laughs> it's, it's, um and then the the two black gentlemen um and how one of them is very like it's because i'm black and the other black guy's like no it's because you're an idiot <laughs> um and just even their ban their banter is phenomenal those it's, two yeah those two guys together are like very but very three, enjoyable even the three of them there's a all scene, of them yeah there is a scene where they're in the hospital gift uh gift store <laughs> right. and like they're swearing at each other not meanly and the and the big guy's like they're friends and then the woman leaves she's like have a nice day ma'am like just it's it just really well written all that banter and just yeah the, the camaraderie of quote-unquote of the boys um is very good and i think it's doing like i said it's if we're going ratings for me it's a seven but i will probably i will definitely stay with the show i'm gonna watch the whole season just to see how it how it shakes out i say it's a seven i'm glad it exists i'm so glad i got a second season i don't know if i'll stay with it i might go back to it <laughs> kate, kate you're ahead of me like i know oh, but, but you read you read you read you read wikipedia you did the me thing where it's like i don't have time yeah <laughs> you just read the wikipedia and i looked and i and i maybe like if you said oh yeah there's like this episode it's really like even though i know i might know what happens if you're like oh it was just it was really really good episode watch it i might do that um but i don't know i just i don't know but it is a seven and if you're into wrestling and drama and fun writing this is this is for you and yeah, it's not I won't, too I won't serious say... it's not like it's not like six feet under serious dramatics <laughs> it's it's there are fun bits there is some and I w- oh yeah it's definitely got laughs in there and i won't say that if you have i'm not gonna say if you have zero interest in wrestling you should watch this show um it's if you are anti-wrestling, there's not enough not wrestling in here to make you okay yeah. with that part, I guess. Like, yeah. it's very much a wrestling show, but showing kind of the outside lives of these people as well and the relationships um, mm-hmm. in what's essentially, you know, the small the small-time indie leagues. Also, I love that uh, anytime you see the Florida League, it's like really old Impact Wrestling footage because that's like some of the only footage that Vince McMahon doesn't own. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like, oh, this weekend. I was like, that's a Samoa Joe match from 2007, my G. Like, <laughs> anyway, that's on Crave in Canada, but you have to have a Stars add-on. Um, don't know where it is in the States or globally. It's probably under Hulu or one of those or HBO or something, something. But you can find it. It's readily available. And yeah, check that out. And if you do and you enjoyed it, maybe if you, maybe you didn't heed my warning and you have no interest in wrestling and you watched it anyway and you loved it, let us know on Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod. Otherwise, we're going to put a pin in it right here because somebody's got all the adulting to do this afternoon. So much adulting. It's not me. I gotta let her go get into it. So, friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. 
You're not the only weeb out there, Jordan. I'm special. I'm special. <laughs> Clap now. <laughs> Clap now so I can get that clip for the tech. <laughs> Three, two. You didn't say if we were going on the one or after the one. We always go on the one. I know. When I'm... do we not go on the wow. one? The, the level of surliness here as we are eyeing the exits. Jesus. Do it again. <laughs> Okay, you do it. You do the count, and we'll go on no, the one. No, I'm learning. I'm learning to let go and let God. You can do the count. <laughs> All right, three, two, 